Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome everybody to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. This is Nick. We are live from the VR shop in Las Vegas, and it's another episode of the Detailed Car Collection Podcast. Wow, I had an amazing week. Just got back two minutes ago, three minutes ago from getting to drive and deliver an S63 AMG Benz that we had in the shop for a project. It was enjoyable for anybody that's worked on black, uh, AMG, Mercedes paint, very easy to work on, very friendly, a uh, lot of options, get great cut, great finish pretty easily. So we're going to go into that project a little bit. But first, I'm going to talk about luxury sedans. You know, they're getting a bad rap because we're basically moved over to the luxury mid-sized SUV or the luxury uh, large SUV, you know, Urus, uh, RSQ8, uh, you know, the new Tahoe redesign, new Escalade redesign, new Navigator redesign. I love all those vehicles, but there's something still very special to me after driving this car for about 35 or 40 minutes today, freeway, uh, street, you know, just uh, side streets. And there's something about the experience of a luxury sedan, big engine, super quiet, super comfortable, tons of room, but you're in a car. Uh, this love affair for me probably goes back to the Lexus LS 400 or, you know, in the nineties, which was one of the most overbuilt luxury sedans ever built in the history of cars. You could basically do the wine test, put a, a, a wine glass on the engine and it wouldn't even rattle incredibly over-engineered back then, but it was special to me because I got to get in one, you know, I had, I had family members that had car lots and, and I had, you know, uh, worked for a wholesaler. So I got to experience that car in its heyday and it's an amazing vehicle. They're still going for reasonable money. If you can find one that's in good shape, that hasn't been, uh, you know, bodied up and, and had a ton of work done and, and all kinds of wheel stuff done to it with, uh, the JDM market. But the, the reality is, is that if you look at Lexus LS 400, if you look at S63, if you look at M760 from uh, from uh, BMW, excuse me, they're all really special vehicles to me. I get it. They don't have the input that they once did. They're not as driver friendly. They're bigger now. They're softer suspension, but you can put them in race mode and things like that. But I get everybody's complaint. One of the things I don't like is it seems that automotive journalism has gone in a direction of no matter what these big luxury sedans do, they're never going to get the praise or the time of day like the luxury SUV is going to get. And I understand they got to sell magazines and website clicks and whatever, but there's something that's so special. After just driving this, this S63, it's just a special experience. Uh, nicely designed steering wheel, the seats and, and, you know, again, Mercedes kills it with seats. There is not a single manufacturer that understands seats the way Mercedes does sitting in those seats a million different ways that that it, that it supports you as you're driving the comfort everything surrounding it is really really special and I think we're losing some of that you know I, I look at cars day and night uh, to buy for myself and maybe flip I look at, at them for customers and I don't get a lot of people 
looking to buy luxury sedans. And I think it's a mistake. Now, I'm very fortunate that some of my customers still buy into the luxury sedan. So of the ones I've talked about, M760 and S63, I get to drive all the time. I'm really spoiled in my business. I mean, M760 to me, the first time I got in the newly redesigned one, I was going like 85 and a 35, and I thought I was going the speed limit. And I'm not even joking about it. I wasn't even trying to show off. Now, I get other special experiences, you know, F430 with that great gearbox, okay? I get to drive that all the time. Uh, Ferrari 812, Porsche GT cars. I'm very fortunate with my clients that they allow me to drive them or I need to, to move a car around for them. Uh, maybe a car in a collection needs some exercise. They're not going to get to it. We drive it. I get to experience a lot of special cars and I'm very thankful. That's the number one reason that I still do what I do because I love the experience of cars, but I'm still going to say, man, getting out of this S 63 and driving it today, it's still a special experience. And, and even though I have those really high end experiences, there's something incredible and noteworthy about driving a luxury sedan. So just wanted to get that off my chest because it's fresh in my mind. <laughs> Many of you probably are like, what the hell is this guy talking about? But I just love it, man. I mean, I love when I get out of a car and I go, you know what? I've really underrated this experience. I know I've always loved them, but I'm not going to underrate it for a very long time because I, I just really, really enjoy it. So what do we do to the car? Well, this car is in a unique position, uh, a position that we're going to find a lot of clients in, in your business and everybody's business. We, we, if you go to the pub that was on Wednesday night, they talked about it, people keeping their cars longer. Now, this client is a client of mine for over 12 years, a client that is the perfect client. There, there's no such thing as a better client. She will allow me to do whatever I got to do to take care of her car. But this AMG would have been traded in if not for the shortage and the fact that AMG is not delivering these large V8s into the American market in 2022. She's not happy about it. She's very precise. She wants her cars when she wants her cars, but we're going to get around it. So let me set the scene. I could have done anything I wanted to this car. There was no discussion of the service I was going to provide. I've sent her bills for literally over 12 years. She's never seen a single one of them. It's sent to somebody that handles them for her. She's never, we've never even had a conversation about price of anything. It's never even come up in 12 years. The reason I bring that up is the reason I think I've gotten to this point in my business is I've always had a customer first objective. Do what's right for the customer and the car that they own and the situation they're in. And we're really fortunate that HyperClean exists as detailers because here's the thing. She's going to keep this car the next 12 to 15 months. We have a product that fits it perfectly. Now, I want you to think of our ceramic line as it sits right now. You got a six-month sealant that's silica-based and slick. You got one year, two year, three year. And let me kind of give a prediction here. We're going to be completing our ceramic line and, and adding to our ceramic line in big ways here in 2022. But here's one of the things that, that excites me is she's going to keep it. I have a product for that, but she'll pay for anything I want. If I would send her a $20,000 bill for a service I provided on that car this week, she'd never say a word. Should I do that? No. Could I have put full body PPF on this Benz and she would have been 
thrilled and cheered me on and said, Hey, thanks for everything you did. To, you know, you're doing a great job and she'd have never seen the bill and it'd have been, you know, $12,000. Yeah, that would have happened. But part of what's made my business successful and it sounds really simplistic is I did what was right for the car in the moment. We had a brief talk. What's going to happen? No matter what, I'm only going to have this car. No max 15 months. I'll get it. I'll go to a different car if I have to. And I said, uh, okay. So what's the plan? She doesn't ask me the plan. I said, okay, I'm going to come pick the car up on Tuesday. I'll have it back to you by Thursday or Friday, but you know, I'll let you know. She said, okay. Now, it doesn't take me that long to do the work. We have a shop set up here where we're very boutique. I don't need or want a bunch of cars in my shop. I have a huge mobile business. I built this shop simply to enjoy working on cars, do the right thing for my customers. Maybe one day I want to chase the volume gain. That's not where I'm at today. Uh, and that's not how we set this shop up. This, this shop is meant for very relaxed work, high-end work, doing the right thing for the car and the client. One of the things that becomes evident is Number one, I'm not going to heavily compound this car. I'm going to do a very thorough one step, which I shared on HyperClean Stores, Instagram stories all week. And I'm going to apply the ceramic coating that best fits the customer. Now, I don't want to say that there's a right and a wrong, but if somebody's going to keep a car for 15 months and you put a five-year coating on it and you go, well, that customer always wants the best. Yeah, there's ceramic coatings that, like Uno that give your customer the exact same experience as a five-year. It just doesn't last as long. You're not getting any massive, you're not getting a, a bunch of massive benefits by adding a five-year coating. If your coating is built properly like Uno is, then your customer is getting all the benefits from that ceramic. So why not just put a coating on that fits? And so that's what we did. We... This is why I got into detailing for me. This project right here, I, I got to enjoy my time. I got to work on the car properly. I got to do a very complete one step. I got to put the right product on to protect it. And it was quiet in my shop. It was just me. And I got to share it with all of you on Instagram stories. And we got to have conversations through DMs. And one of the craziest parts of all of this is this is exactly the culmination of why I've done what I've done, why I have a customer centric business model, why I have the shop built out the way that I do, why my mobile business operates the way that it does, because I don't want to be forced to do things I don't have to do. And when you look at a lot of volume shops and they're putting on half hood PPF, they always have a defense of it. And that's okay. You're allowed to do what you want with your shop. I think that is a, a shop-friendly product that's very poor customer experience product. I don't think you can put a quarter or a, a, a half hood and a couple fender pieces and a partial bumper on that, that's, that looks like crap and tell me that you're customer-centric. You can defend it because you got to run a shop, but that's not customer-centric to me. Either is I got to put three-stage paint correction, and 50-year coatings on the car. 
I got to get some moon dust and put it on the car. So it's protected for the life for lifetime for 20 lifetimes. I don't have to do that. I just got to do exactly what this car needs in the moment. And I think that's why I don't get questioned. I don't have people question my pricing. I don't have people question what I did. I don't, I have customers now that say, Hey, I have this problem with my car. Can you solve it? And they believe that, that I'm going to do the right thing because I've been doing the right thing to the best of my ability for 12 years. One thing, if I can impart on everybody, how I got here is all I do is think about the customer. I could sell partial hood PPF all day long in this town. I don't want to do that. It's not right for the customer period end of story. It's okay. If the PPF industry wants to defend it and guys want to sell those kits and they want to put them on great for them. I don't think they'll have the long-term success of somebody like me. And there's many shops that operate this way, not just me, but I know we have a lot of guys just getting into the business. And that is the secret. That is the real secret for me. I don't have any other secret. You know, you guys can all learn to correct paint. You guys can all learn to apply a coating. You guys can all learn PPF. You guys can all learn windshield film. We also installed windshield film on this, replaced a piece uh, that had gotten banged up pretty good. She's really happy with windshield film. And again, we're in a glass shortage. We've had a couple customers come to their senses. We had somebody wait on a Lincoln Navigator windshield for almost 10 weeks. So she wanted that replaced. We did that. That took a couple hours. Uh, but this was an awesome project. And again, that Mercedes paint, uh, you know, laying Uno down on top of it. Uno is the easiest ceramic coating I've ever applied with the most benefits for how easy it is to apply. Regularly in the desert, we see Uno get 18 plus months on just reasonably cared for vehicles. Again, we just over deliver. We just over deliver on our ceramic and hyper clean line. Finally, this project, as everybody, every one of you knows, no matter where you are in your career, if you've worked on a German car, German brake dust is still to this day, absolutely brutal. One of the things that, that amazes me is that they just haven't solved it. And I know what everybody's going to say. Well, some German cars now have carbon ceramics, blah, blah, blah. I get it. This vehicle doesn't have carbon ceramics on it. This vehicle is just a normal uh, S63 AMG, doesn't have any big brake package on it. So I got to experience that. And it got me thinking as I was using Fuego, if you guys haven't used HyperClean Fuego, there is no better wheel cleaner and iron decontamination product on the market, period, end of story. It's not close. This is as close as I've gotten to no touch wheel cleaning since I used really harsh acids when I first started my career. Now we realize we can't go back to that hard at harsh acid world because of health concerns, you know, it's not safe for for employees. It's not safe on all wheel finishes, all the kind of, th let's not go down that road, but there's something that's popped up in our industry that let's just put it to bed continuously on this podcast. If you're buying a wheel cleaner that costs $20 a gallon or 25 bucks a gallon, it's not a wheel cleaner. I don't care what it says on the label. It's not a wheel cleaner. What it is, is a really strong soap. And people are like, oh, I pump it in my foamer and it foams up. So does all of our products. TRX foams up. Our soap foams up out of a foamer. Everybody's wheel cleaner and iron cleaner. I can get anything in the world to foam. But what's happening is we're going backwards in wheel cleaning. 
So we had acid, which was highly effective at cleaning wheels. I mean, basically that was as close to no touch as we ever got to, Hey, acid's a little dangerous, environmental issues, health issues. Fine. We're going to back that off. And now we've steadily been on the decline to let me see the cheapest wheel cleaner I can find. Now, let me put it in perspective. You work on a Range Rover, you work on a, on a, on a Benz like this, you work with on a BMW, you work on a Ferrari, you work on a Porsche. Why do you think you should use a $20 wheel cleaner? Some of those wheels to replace are between two and 5,000 a, a, a wheel, if not higher on some cars. So why would you want to use a $20 wheel cleaner on really expensive rims? Make sense of it. So let me really make sense of the chemistry and the problem with $20 soap, quote unquote, wheel cleaners out there. Brake dust and the things that get on your rims are probably the most abrasive things that touch your car. It's the lowest to the ground. You get stuff off the engine. You get stuff off the road. You get stuff off the brakes. I don't care if you have carbon ceramics. If you're driving the car hard and you're driving it often, you'll see. I work on tons of carbon ceramics. I hear people say all kinds of things about carbon ceramics. Oh, it doesn't have this, doesn't have bull. If you don't drive it very much, your wheels are going to stay cleaner longer. There's no doubt about it. But just the things that come off the road, the dust, the dirt, the grime, the brake dust, the things off your rotors, the things off the engine, the things off your car, all of those things lead to the most abrasive part of your car. And so, if I don't have help breaking down those things, what am I going to do? I'm going to add soap or quote unquote, $20, $20 wheel cleaner slash soap. I'm going to put it there and I'm going to see all this foam and I'm going to go, oh, this foam is adding so much lubrication. Yes, foam is a great lubricator. The problem is if there's really, really abrasive things in the foam and then you take a wheel brush, and you start to agitate to get those things off, what are you going to do? You're going to agitate those right into your new black painted rim. There's a reason why black painted rims, even well cared for ones that I see detailers care for, have, incre have incredibly marked up swirl, all kinds of, all kinds of crap that looks, the wheel looks clean, but the wheel looks bad. You want to know why? Because you don't have anything like Fuego helping you break down the grind. Fuego just isn't iron decontamination. It has cleaners in there that specifically help break down those things. And you can't build a reputable wheel cleaner, true wheel cleaner for 20 bucks. You can't build it for that. The raw material costs more than that. The raw material costs more than that. So I get guys all the time saying, hey, I want to work on exotics. And I look in their truck and they got a $20 wheel cleaner. I go, that's not going to work. I've tested them all. It's my job as a business to test them all. It's my job as a detailer to test them all. But I can tell you this, I've tested the most popular $20 wheel cleaners out there, and I know what's in them. It's a soap. It's a surfactant from soap. May it be a little bit stronger? Sure, I can make a really strong soap and charge you guys a ton of money for it and not have that much cost into it. We got a soap coming out that's going to work better than those $20 wheel cleaners. It's for prepping your car. But we have to start having this conversation, man. We got wheels now, black powder coat, matte, satin, 
uh, all of these different things, painted black, all kinds of different, you know, now you got gold wheels coming out. You got all these things coming out, right? Or have come out. People want their rims painted now. You want to keep your wheels looking great. If you're a DIYer, don't use a $20 wheel cleaner. That's not how this thing works. You need something to help break down and dissolve some of the abrasive nature of what's on your rim. Plain and simple. There is no other option to get your wheels done properly. And the S63 we had in the shop is the perfect example. Those black AMG rims with German brake dust on them can be absolutely nightmarish. I soaked them down in Fuego. By the way, Fuego foam is really great just out of a trigger. We don't need a foamer. If you want to put it in a foamer, be my guest. It's great. But we don't need a show. We need effective chemicals that do the right thing for that customer and making sure that that wheel stays in tip-top shape. I lightly used a brush on the face of the rim, lightly used a brush on the barrel, and the wheel was clean. I never had to go back and touch them again. German brake dust didn't have to touch up a, a, a spoke, didn't have to touch up the barrel, didn't have to touch up anything. Then as a little added, I, I topped them off with slick. She didn't pay for a rim coating, but slick. And here's a little tip. When you're having it on trim or something like this matte wheel, let it soak. So I'll spray and douse all four rims. By the time I get around to the first rim, it's been sitting, let's call it two or three minutes. Okay. I can even let it sit five minutes, then go back and level it out. It's great protection. Look, it's not going to last forever. It's, it's, it, it, you know, very few wheel coatings actually work all that well. Uh, we're really on in the market to develop the right rim coating for us. Um, we're not there, but I don't know too many rim coatings that are robust anyway, but this is just a great solution to offer. Got, got it into the barrel, really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed this project, but the wheel cleaning aspect just gets me thinking, and we got to get this out there for the people that follow us, for the people that are just listening for the first time. You cannot use $20 wheel cleaner and not think you're going to basically remove most of the, the, the abrasive with agitation of a brush. The more I have to remove with a brush because it's not being broken down by my chemical, the worse off I am. That's what's causing you to mark up those black rims. And I see it everywhere. I see it every car show. I see it online. I see it with people all the time. There's a big confusion around wheel cleaners. Hope it clears it up. We're going to keep talking about this with Fuego uh, because I think it's important. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. I want to thank everybody for all the kind words about the detailed car collection. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.